Because if you limit your horizon in the beginning, if you don't search far and wide in the horizon for what is the best possible way to begin setting a foundation for something, then you limit your vertical climb, your upside. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. I want to expand on a simple thought. Here's a thought. Everything you identify with is keeping you from identifying what else is also identifiable. What else is also available. What you believe you know is keeping you from the very things you need to learn and know to unlock that next you. It's you keeping you from seeing what you can see. In some way or another, I have mentioned this type of idea in the past, and it stems from the idea of escalation of commitment, this idea of sunk cost, that sometimes because you have invested so long into doing things a certain way or thinking a certain way, that to open yourself up to question that would require you to loosen the grip on what you already know, maybe abandon it, and on some level, admit to yourself that it is no longer useful or serving you. And maybe it was a waste of time the entire time. And that's hard to admit. And if you identify with what it is that you already know, if it is part of your personhood, if you define yourself with it, you can imagine how difficult it would be to let it go. The problem this presents is that we need to be in a constant state of renewal, always in the process of becoming. And that's not to say that you are not enough. You are always enough. But tomorrow will put more demands on you than yesterday. And for that, you need to be less hardened in the way you think things work and be open to figuring out what else is out there. Also important to point out, is that the commitment we feel towards what it is that we have already learned has the assumption built into it that it is the most right thing to know. That it is more true than other things. Because the whole point of knowing something, any point of holding on to knowledge, the entire point of knowledge, is that it's supposed to help you make predictions and then place bets. Knowledge is something that enables you to figure out how to have a degree of power over the future by placing bets, by understanding and being able to navigate. And so you can see how to make predictions in an ever-changing world, to place appropriate bets, you need to be taking into account the changing variables in the environment that affect the interplay of your knowledge with reality. And so we have to question what it is that we know just as much as we scrutinize the influx of new information. Yeah, you're so quick to block the new things coming out, but are you just as critical about the things that you are currently holding onto? And I'm not saying you question everything about yourself on a daily basis, but there should be some periodic time periods where you look at your beliefs and you question them. And make room for new ones to get you to the next place. 
Because it isn't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know that ain't so. And a lot of times, aligning ourselves with truth, aligning ourselves with what is most right, requires us to respect the time-based constraint of that alignment. And many times that means it's what's most right now, but can soon be and probably should be replaced with what's most right for tomorrow. But again, it's sunk cost because we feel we have escalated commitment into being a certain type of way for so long. It's like I've already invested this much in this thing and let me just keep putting money in it to repair this thing or let me keep putting money in this bad investment to try to recoup it or let me keep betting on black to just get back to zero again or or let me just keep investing in this property and keep putting good money after bad money and hoping that it turns around because we have escalated our commitment in this it blinds us even more in seeing what the real costs are because some of the costs are already sunk into the investment and we would take a hit to our ego or a hit to our trust with ourselves of our judgment it would be like admitting that we were wrong so we put good money after bad money and keep chasing what we know is a bad investment our thinking, are things that we have figured out. Because we have committed to them for so long, it does not make them more right than other things. And here's what I recognize also as a challenge. One that requires forward thinking to plan around. But just having the respect for the process will give you the ability to remain flexible in the future. The challenge that I recognize is that we have built in bad habits or ways of doing things that are detrimental to the expansion of our craft in that area. And combining those initial bad habits with a hardening around the willingness to learn new habits can make you extinct faster than you realize. And as someone who has taught himself many different things that I'm not necessarily innately gifted at, I've learned a few things about what to keep in mind in setting up a curriculum for myself when trying to dive into a topic. And again, these bad habits, the first thing to keep in mind is to start with the most well-accepted techniques that allow for a base that supports expansion. And from there, once you have a foundational base of good habits and have learned and adhere to the rules, only then can you break them and develop your own style and color outside the lines. For example, when I first started learning the guitar, there are some basic, basic things, such as how to hold the guitar, how to place your fingers, where to place your thumb in the back, and the nuances with wrist placement and movement and all these different things, all these very basic, basic things that make someone starting out with the instrument less likely to have underdeveloped fingers or, for example, less likely to ignore the use of the pinky finger because it's the furthest away from some of the notes you're trying to get to. So you may try to avoid it altogether. And unless you get to a level of BB King where you don't even need to use that finger and still have your style, it would be best for you to start out with a bass that gives you the room for expansion from there on. 
Because ultimately, if you didn't set this foundation, you would limit your skill and ease and accessibility of playing certain types of music. It would maybe limit you from the styles you want to expand to later. Because if you limit your horizon in the beginning, if you don't search far and wide in the horizon for what is the best possible way to begin setting a foundation for something, then you limit your vertical climb, your upside, later on. And many of us learn the things that we know today without proper curriculum, haphazardly, without guidance, who knows where we pick them up, without enough intelligible discernment. And it has left us with the practiced movement patterns, the muscle memory of diminished capability, of weakness, of something that is a ceiling on our potential. And to have an ego tied to what you have already learned on top of that, when you probably didn't even do a good enough job in picking up the right things, only makes you less and less likely to keep up with advancement. And I get it. It's hard to do something new, to tweak a way of doing something that you have done a certain type of way for too long because I'm not finding you listening to this as a child. Some of these bad habits are probably already built into you. That is why the beginner stage is so crucial. But for us, most of our childhood didn't provide us with the proper footing to thrive. And so the only belief past this beginning stage, speaking to the adults that are listening to this, once we are already past the beginning stage and we have some built-in habits, the only belief that matters past this stage is that you can learn anything. And you can change anything as long as you put in the effort. And though it might be difficult to set new muscle memory, new thinking patterns, that it is not impossible to do so. But that does require you to remain open. But the only belief worth having past having already set in some bad habits is that you can learn different as long as you remain open. You see, I see this in all areas of life. I vent about it because I see it, I judge it, and it bothers me, and it's part of what I do in processing things. One of the cardinal rules that I break myself of being in the gym, one of the cardinal rules is that you don't offer people feedback and you let people do their own thing. You, don't, you probably shouldn't really say anything to people while they're doing their exercise or forget while they're doing it, but about their exercise. No one wants to hear your, your feedback on what they're doing and what you know and it, the way it comes across usually isn't the best. And no one really wants to be told how to work out. The fact that I'm saying this like it's a fact and a well-accepted rule is disturbing to me and it says something about society. But I've played by this rule. It is what it is. I don't want to offend people. And in the past, usually I've only sought advice. I reach out to people in the gym and I ask them for something, how to deadlift, how to squat. This is something that I don't shy away from doing. I, I try to learn something from everyone. But I don't expect the same people to turn around and be open to advice from me. And with most commercial gyms, most people tend to keep a level of distance with each other, so it doesn't really allow for an honest exchange. But in the past 10 months, I've been in this gym that's like a small community where everyone knows each other and helps each other, and maybe that fools me a little bit. So sometimes I violate this cardinal rule, and I'm quickly reminded why it was put in place in the first place because of this very topic that we're talking about today. 
because it actually is a real life playing out of disheartening. Because there are times I am conflicted because I see someone doing an exercise a certain way that might lead to injury. So I am internally compelled to say something because I would hate it if something bad did happen and I had the thought and I didn't do anything about it. So sometimes I do say something and sometimes it's well received. But there are other times when, you know, maybe the, maybe the stakes aren't as high. Maybe their movement isn't dangerous, but it's not optimal. And of course, there's this whole layer of relational dynamics that goes into this that needs to be in place for anyone to take advice from anyone else in anything. And I can't say that this is not a variable in how the advice is received when I offer it. But still, I violate all common sense and offer tweaks to something that they may be doing or that I have seen them do multiple times in the course of the past few weeks where now I've gotten to the point where I feel the need to say something. And again, that is when I'm reminded of this fact that many times people have committed so hard and fast to what it is that they are already doing or have practiced and learned to do that it is only a rare chance in which you encounter the person where they might listen intently and try to incorporate that bit of change in their next rep or in their next set. Very rarely does that happen. And in the case of exercise, in the case of muscle movements, there are very few things that are debatable. Your muscle attaches and originates in a certain place and the fibers run in a certain direction and you can only expand and contract them in the direction that they are built in. You cannot manufacture exercises or do them in odd ways that does not take that particular muscle through its full range of motion. There's very few things subjective about how that works biologically. It's science. Now, we can debate that you feel one movement more than another or that your body structure requires you to alter the exercise a certain way, but the principle of the matter stands. So then... If you are told that an exercise you are doing isn't proper, you should at the least pause and reflect. Now, you may question the credibility of the source who is offering the advice and disregard the advice, but it should at least trigger a question mark that leads you to go home and research and resolve the question mark on your own. And I've said this before. As an adult, you have to learn to parse the message from the messenger. As long as you are in it for the right intentions and you give knowledge the pedestal that it deserves and you constantly are looking to update yours, your knowledge, to make better predictions to leave you most durable, then no matter where the information comes from, as an adult, you take the responsibility of questioning it and applying it and building upon it. And maybe when you were a kid, 90% of that responsibility was on the person delivering the message and how they delivered it, and then it was who it was delivered by, and usually it had to be somebody that was a clear authority figure. This way you lowered your defenses and you took in what they were teaching you. But as an adult, now the 90% of that responsibility is on you and how you receive it. And no matter, regardless of how it was delivered and who it was delivered by. Because if you put knowledge on a pedestal it deserves to be on, the message is more important than how it was delivered and who it was delivered by. 
You may have a homeless person or someone you've already decided is not credible give you a gem that changes your entire life. And if you fail to heed it because of your own ego, then you may miss out on some crucial bits of gold that could elevate your success. Again, it is your responsibility as an adult to parse and heed it. But your ego is a blinder. Your firm beliefs are blinders. So when you fail your own responsibility to yourself to be able to parse because of emotions, because of biases, because of learned programming patterns, when you fail your own responsibility to yourself to be able to parse these things because of, for whatever reason, you cannot be taken as a competent parser of information if you cannot detach emotion from fact, from patterned response to pragmatic shifts. So then you cannot consider yourself reliant enough to bring you forward, and that should trouble you if you can lower your defenses enough to see it. So if you cannot trust yourself to be in charge of parsing the message and putting knowledge where it deserves to be, then how can you be so sure that the knowledge that you have acquired is the thing worth holding on to? Jeff Bezos famously talks about an underlying principle that has been the key to Amazon's durability and evolution through the years. And you got to remember, he started out as a replacement for Barnes and Nobles and Borders to be the biggest bookstore on the internet. And if he held firm to that belief, like Blockbuster did with DVDs when Netflix was eating their lunch, building a new world, if Bezos held on to that belief, you wouldn't have two-day prime delivery today. You wouldn't have the logistical miracle that is that company. His underlying principle that he lives by is truth over peace, truth over everything else. And that means you have to live in and build for a truth that is emerging and that we are advancing towards. The conditions under which your assumptions got you here to this level of success will not ride you forward from here to there into keeping this success into tomorrow. It's truth over everything else. It's what the truth is pointing you towards that you should be navigating to, the reality that it shows you. No matter what it is that you know today or want to hold on to. And I'll end this with something I heard that gives me chills since the day that I heard it. Your convenience and your conviction do not live on the same block. What you want and what you are after will not come to you while allowing you to keep around what is most comfortable and convenient for you. It will require you to shed everything you know about yourself, to take those blinders off and see and create and then witness a new you. I love you, family. Stay true. See you in the next show.